0: given the power and the authority through the Holy Spirit and Jesus and and God to to grant these miracles, they were using this function, this oil, this holy anointing oil with cannabis to do it. And now if we were, if I could like document this and bring it back and put it on a YouTube video and show you happening it, what would your belief be in cannabis, right? Would it be a negative or would it be a positive?
1: Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton.
0: Welcome back to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant with so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. Well, we're gonna talk about the so many names <laughs> once again. Uh, just, I just I'm so excited to share some great news. Um, for those of you that have listened before, know that I'm a big fan of the Chosen. Daryl Eaves is uh, one of the executive producers who's in you know Russell's world and my world. Uh, actually, I have a meeting with the team, his team here, coming up pretty soon, and um, they they wanted to reach a billion people. Uh, about the authentic Jesus and now it's on season four which is in the movie theaters right now I got to catch uh, see, uh, episodes one two three four five six and then in a couple couple weeks um, seven and eight will come out for season four of the chosen and what I want to talk about today and first of all they're they're going for a billion people <laughs> they're gonna they're, they're they're three quarters of the way there they're like 750 million people uh, views last I saw. And, uh, you know, here at the Miracle Plant, we're looking to reach a billion people about the power of this Miracle Plant, especially in the raw form, uh, you know, when it, when it would help heal my son from a severe autism diagnosis. Now, the reason I bring up The Chosen is that a lot of you have heard before on this, you know, podcast about Canna bosom or Canopossum. Uh, we had Chris Bennett on uh, a recent episode, if you scroll back and find that one, who's the author of five, count that, one, two, three, four, five, five books on Cannabossum. And, uh, you know, talking, you know, from some of the Dead Sea Scroll findings from, uh, you know, Philip and, and St. Timothy, and, um, you know, just talking about the Cannabossum that was uh, you know, divinely presented or told to Moses 2,800 years ago through the burning bush how to make the holy anointing oil, which to me was just mind blowing. And um, the fact that cannabis or cannabossum is, uh, was such a huge part of, I mean, and we've known it's been, you know, documented going back, you know, 30,000 years that hemp, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, um, has been such an integral part of human history. Uh, in fact, so much so that our bodies have developed over 30,000 years to have an endocannabinoid system, which directly correlates with this plant and these cannabinoids like CBD or CBDA, the raw version the plant makes. And, uh, you know, we've seen miracles. It's called a Miracle Plant Podcast because we want to have people People come on and talk about their miraculous stories, talk about this miraculous plant, and and give you insights and information that you may never have heard before. You know, we've all heard the bad things. We've all heard the, uh, you know, the just say no and the reefer madness and gateway drug and all these things that we were told about this plant. And that's what makes it just so polarizing that at first there was, you know, from 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act, which made cannabis hemp which Thomas Jefferson and George Washington grew um, you know back in the colonial days and in fact farmers had to grow at least an anchor of, of of hemp you know in those colonial days because it was such a useful plant for textiles and paper and clothing and you know food and medicine and you know the list goes on and on and again so the, the reason why I bring this up is I was going to The Chosen to see episode 1 of season 4 a few weeks ago when it first came out in the movie theaters and I brought my son Shay who's part of the Miracle Plant journey obviously he's the one that inspired us to find this miracle plant to help heal his his severe autism diagnosis and so we're sitting there in episode 1 season 4 in the movie theater and Zebedee and Uh, the disciples were making, first they bought an olive oil, uh, or an olive orchard of trees to make olive oil, and they were going to make, and Zebedee sold his fish, his fishing boat, he was like the the town's greatest fisherman, but he wanted to um, figure out how he could help Jesus's mission, and he was inspired to make olive oil, uh, which is the base oil uh, for the anointing oil. And so they he sold his boat and, and he went all in and, and bought some land that had, was actually already had olive trees on it. And so, you know, he's experimenting how to make the oil and he's not doing a very good job. But some of the other disciples, especially the women like Mary Magdalene, helped him uh, figure out how to make a good, clean uh, olive oil. And as, it, as this was going on in earlier episodes, in like season three and season two, I knew where it was going because I understood what the holy anointing oil was made out of. And uh, olive oil is the base or the medium that you use the oil for. So season four, episode one, Zebedee finally has the anointing oil ready to sell to the high priests in the Jewish uh, tradition back then, uh, like the Pharisees is what they were called. And so he's got like these huge jugs of anointing oil. And he's, he's got a friend inside of the, um, the Pharisees. Actually, it's one of the, the, the priests whose uh, daughter, Jesus, brought back to life. And so that's their connection. And they want to figure out a way that, you know, let's make this incredible, you know, anointing oil. And let's sell it to the Pharisees so we can finance Jesus' mission. So they're wheeling in these like six huge drums of the anointing oil to make the first deal, right? The first sell to the Pharisees. And they're sitting down at the table and they're talking. And, you know, some of the Pharisees are like, well, why are we not getting it where we usually get it? And then they said, well, there's taxes or tariffs and they're charging us delivery fees and all this stuff. And and so the friend on the inside is trying to like work the, you know, work the conversation so Zebedee can sell this oil to help finance Jesus's mission. And then one of the Pharisees asks, "Well, is this from the is this made by the law of Moses? Is this the the recipe of Moses which was from the burning bush?" And so I'm just sitting there like this is like the opening scene on on, you know, one of the opening scenes on The Chosen season 4 episode 1, and he starts, and he says, "Of course it's from Moses' recipe, and he starts to list the things. Actually, the Pharisees ask him, What is it? So then tell us what it's made of. And he goes through and he talks about the olive oil and he talks about the cinnamon and how many shekels, which was a form of monetary instrument back then, like coins or dollars. And then he says, Aromatic cane. And I just was like ear to ear smiling. In fact, I jumped out of the movie theater and I called uh, my wife, Molly. And I said, Molly, you won't believe it. I'm sitting here watching The Chosen, and right in the, in the opening scenes of season four, episode one, they say the ingredients of the anointing oil, the holy anointing oil, is made with aromatic cane. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, think about it. We've talked about cannabossum, right? And canna means cane or hemp, and, and bossum means aromatic, right? So aromatic cane is the literal translation for cannabossum to English, right? So they literally just said that it was hemp or cannabis. Aromatic cane, right? Think of a cane like bamboo. Think of a cane like that's what hemp was known for. Uh, It can grow like 20 feet tall. And you can use the, you know, the shaft of the Uh, plant to, uh, you know, that's what you can use for textiles and for paper and for clothing and for shelter and on and on and on. And so it's like a long cane and aromatic is obviously the cannabis smell or the hemp smell. Uh, And so that's the literal translation of cannabossum. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, because that's what it was. Cannabis was used, cannabossum was used, and the holy anointing oil. And when they translated the text, when they translated the word from Hebrew to Greek in the Septuagint, which is like the oldest Bible ever, they mistranslated the words. The one word, cannabosum, they translated it to a marshy, pussy willow-type plant called calamus, which is not a cane, which has no aromatic smell. And doesn't have the same value, you know, literally the 250 shekels value that Cannabossum did or cannabis did back then. So that's just what I love. It was like, if you want to just look at the facts. And again, this was Sula Bene who wrote uh, the folklore uses of hemp in 1967. Who was an ethnologist ep- who understood the Hebrew language, dialect. She, that's what her career was. She was from Poland. And said cannabis, cannabossum was one and the same. And she was the one that 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 we first knew of that published, you know, these findings back in 1967. And you can Google it and we've had it in our show notes before. So again, I'm just sitting here like so excited because I'm like, yes, like the truth. Like all we have to do is go back to the truth. What is the translation? You know, and and I, I grew up in the Catholic church. And I uh, call us cradle Catholics from the beginning. And, you know, over time, I've seen them change words in prayers, in the service, because, again, they're trying to get the translation correct because they didn't get it right. And so they're trying to, to verbatim get the original, whether it's Aramaic, which is what Jesus spoke, or Hebrew, which is what Jewish law wrote in, or the Jewish priests wrote in, and get those translations uh, to be as accurate as possible when translating to English. And what happened was when they translated from Hebrew to Greek, that is where the misstep happened. whether it was unintentional or not, um, who knows? But here we are talking about the facts. And then obviously, when they translated from Greek, to English and the King James Bible, then that is the translation they took. Calamus, a pussy willow, with you know, no medicinal value, no uh, tangible value, no aromatic cane. Um, and so, um, it just was so exciting to me. I was just like, Yeah, you know what I mean? It's the real translation aromatic cane. That is what hemp is, that's what the translation is, that's what cannabis is. And uh, it was just so cool. And because for me, it's like, look, it's another platform. It's another perfect example, right? 750 million views on its way to a billion. It's it's having huge success. Like they're Jonathan Rumi's, you know, coming out all over the place, you know, like a celebrity. You know, he was with Mark Wahlberg and doing all these cool things on like Stephen Colbert and the talk shows and all the other places. And so it was just, you know, for me, it's just like, I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, uh, gratifying or like, you know, having to prove anything for me, it's like, look, I just want people to understand the, the power of this plant and, and, and to truly just understand it. Like for me, the easiest way to understand this plant is how we think of al- aloe vera and sunburn. So this raw hemp plant, raw cannabis plant is the greatest plant the greatest thing on earth that naturally, actually heals pain and inflammation. That's just one of the many, 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 many things it does for our body. But let's just start with pain. How many of you listening right now have pain? You know, I'm in my 40s. So every once in a while, the back will get a little tighter. You know, I go to the gym quite frequently and, you know sometimes I, I can't go as hard as I want because my shoulder might hurt a little or my wrist might hurt a little. And so then I can rub on or roll on some cannabossum oil or, or hemp oil that we make, cold pressed whole plant uh, with you know high levels of CBDA just like the plant makes, which naturally reduces inflammation at the cause. So wherever the pain is, the inflammation, the soreness, the swelling, the aching, it goes to the root of the problem, and it starts to reduce inflammation, improve circulation, and heal the issue and reduce the pain. And that's the difference between aspirin and ibuprofen, is that those things literally just cut off the pathway in your brain to understand that there is pain. And so you're not fixing the problem, you're masking the problem. You're cutting off the uh, the H, I think it's COX-2 inhibitor for all you um, medical scientific type. And whereas with cannabis or hemp, it's naturally fixing, helping, reducing inflammation and pain at the source. So for me, if we start to think of cannabis as a natural pain-relieving plant with no side effects because it's not a pill, you know. I love when we first opened our, one of our stores out here in the West Coast. People would, you know, of course ask, you know, so what's the side effects? Because we're programmed to just think that there's going to be side effects with any type of medicine, quote-unquote, we take. Because, again, a pharmaceutical model of playing guinea pig with a single molecule, chemical or some type of chemistry set concoction that we're trying to play God with and 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 mess around with our natural chemistry. There's if you if you if you maybe tweak something in your favor and you force your the cards to go a certain direction in your body with a pill, well you'll 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 be throwing your body out of sync and then likely throwing side effects or things out of whack. Right? So it's like you fix one thing but you break three. I know all of us have seen those commercials on TV, which we're one of only two countries in the world that allow pharmaceutical uh, commercials. Us and New Zealand. I wonder where they got the idea. Um, thank you know the good Lord that no one else, no not a, no one, no, no uh, other 190 countries are doing that. And uh, but when you see those commercials, <laughs> it says you have a rash and take this whatever crazy name, and a lot of times they just rename the drug. After they get a ton of lawsuits, but so they say, take this drug that will help with your rash, and it might help like it helps like 60% of the time, but you may you know develop cancer and die, like literally. If you listen to like the side effects, it's crazy. And of course, they have like a a middle-aged couple in a bathtub or walking on the on the on the sand, and we're just so desensitized to it, we don't even hear it. So again. The thing that excites me the most is that now we are talking about truth. And the truth is that in the holy anointing oil, they one of the main ingredients was cannabosum, which is cannabis. Which, and, and along with things like cinnamon, you know, uh, that they were natural products that were used, natural plants that were used in the holy anointing oil. Back in the 2,800 years ago, they were reserved for only the high priests could have access to this holy anointing or eventually they had it for the kings and royalty that would have access to be anointed. And for most of you know that uh, Christ means the anointed one. So Jesus was actually Jesus from Nazareth or Jesus from Joseph, but his name was given to him after he was given the name, the anointed one, Jesus Christ. And so it's such a huge part of his mission. When he was to give and heal, he would use this unction or this oil, this holy anointing oil, as the medium to help perform his miracles, right? Just like there was the medium that he needed, you know, fish and bread to reproduce, you know, for thousands. He needed a medium. He needed something, in a recent episode, he, he rubbed uh, mud on a blind man's eyes, and that was the medium for him to see. So there was something that, would, needed, that he was using on these healing missions. And it was the Holy Anointing Wall. Well, back in the day, that Holy Anointing Wall was only reserved for kings and high priests of the Jewish faith. Well, Jesus came along, Zebedee started making a ton of it, selling it to the Pharisees who were keeping it for themselves. But Jesus said, this oil is a part of our mission. And this holy anointing oil that I received and and who I became the Christ, I'm giving it to everyone. And that's one of the things that got the Pharisees, these high Jewish priests, so upset. Because they there was the Jewish and there was the Gentiles. And so The Jewish faith believed only that you should preach to and dine with and eat with and, you know, basically even associate with as only other Jewish people. Well, here comes this Jewish rabbi, which means teacher, Jesus. And he said, everyone is welcome to my church. Everyone is welcome at my table. And he was healing Gentiles, non-Jewish people. He was, you know, healing the lepers, healing the lame, you know, you know, giving sight to the blind, you know, outside of Jewish, the Jewish faith, which completely went against everything that these high priests stood for. You know, this exclusive club, and so, um, you know, that that is the one of the many things that that Jesus uh, rubbed the people in power the wrong way, who eventually, um, obviously. Uh, put their hand down, and and put their foot down, and um, were in, you know involved in his execution and crucifixion um, because they did not want him, you know, performing these miracles, being the Messiah that the Old Testament talked about. They wanted power, right? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. They wanted their you know prestige and their seats of uh, where they were, and they didn't want some rogue preacher coming in and stealing all their thunder and making all of their everything they've worked for so hard to get to be to the position they were in life to have you know be you know have so much less meaning so much more power and so much more control. And so again, one of the things that Jesus did that really made people mad was he was healing everybody, right? Gentile, Jewish didn't matter to him. Everyone was welcome in his church. And so again, the reason I bring this up is that you know, I don't have, well, my old man did have a DeLorean. When I grew up, he did have a DeLorean. But we didn't have 1.21 gigawatts or Doc Brown to go back in time. Because if we could go back in time and document, you know, these things, you know, this holy anointing oil and, and, and watching these incredible miracles happen using this medium that was such a critical part of, you know, the holy anointing oil was given to disciples when they went out two by two to go heal and given the power and the authority through the Holy Spirit and Jesus and, and God to, to grant these miracles, they were using this unction, this oil, this holy anointing oil with cannabis to do it. And now, if we were do- if I could like document this and bring it back and put it on a YouTube video and show you happening it, what would your belief be in cannabis, Right? Would it be a negative or would it be a positive, right? Because again, we like, for, obviously I've been in the Napoleon Hill world with Russell Brunson and learning a lot from, you know, the great writings and, and talking with Don Green who runs the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And, and one of the things that uh, Napoleon Hill talks about a lot is most people won't truly be successful, however you define success. Until they're at least the age of 40, because it takes that long to unlearn all the things that are wrong, all the things that you've been conditioned that are wrong, that were generationally passed down to you, uh, whatever that may be. Well, here's the same thing here is like we have been lied to, we have been manipulated, we have been conditioned to believe that this plant is evil, that this plant is a gateway drug. And here we are now in 2024. Over two-thirds of the country believe that there is valid reasons for this plant to be medically available to anybody who wants to use it. Over two-thirds of the states in the United States have some access to this plant medically. So we've come a long way, which is exciting to me. But I want us to go all the way. And what is all the way? All the way is people thinking of cannabossum cannabis, hemp, whatever you want to call it, like they do, aloe vera, freshly cracking it open, grabbing one of those leaves and you crack it in half and then that liquid comes out and you rub it on your sunburn. When people think of cannabis, cannabis, hemp, in the same way as aloe vera with sunburn and cannabis, let's say for pain, then I know we've come, we've made it. And That's where the billion people by 2025, which is next year, is the goal is to have people think like, hey, you know, and if you think about it, like, you know, if we've got two thirds of the of the country and and we're the guiding light, as we've heard from other people who've come on this podcast and said, like, we're just watching what you do. We had a guest on uh, who was a health practitioner down in Australia saying, like, really, it's like what the U.S. does is kind of what sets the the. The, the groundwork for the rest of the world. You know, we're, there's talks of descheduling cannabis uh, off of the uh, Controlled Substances Act as a Schedule 1 right now. It's a Schedule 1, which means it is a uh, addictive drug that has no medicinal value. That's how the federal government looks at it right now, which is obviously totally false, crazy, because we've For those of you that have heard this podcast know that it's affected you probably in your life or loved one's life. You've seen a miracle, right? Especially a neurological ailment, like whether it was epilepsy and seizures or autism or or Parkinson's or, you know, something drastic, even cancer, shrinking tumors. And so um, that's when I'll know we've made it. When there's a billion people that think of cannabis just like they think of other plant-based medicines like aloe vera. And then that's the next, you know, raising of the consciousness. We've got to leave big pharma behind, right? That's what's got to happen, right? We know there's, you know, these, these, these multinational companies, these publicly traded companies. I was just watching this movie on Netflix called Pain Hustlers, and it literally talked about how these um, pharmaceutical companies, you know, would do anything to get these, you know, fentanyl drugs and Oxycontin and all of these addictive pain medications into the hands of doctors, you know, greasing the wheels, taking them out on trips, whatever they had to do. And, and that's the world we live in, right? So we get these doctors that we trust, who we've been conditioned to trust for good reason, right? I mean, back in the day, like the family doctor would come out, he'd have his little leather medicine bag and, you know, briefcase and he'd drive out to your family You know, I'm sure they still do this in some rural places in the country and other parts of the world. And he would see, like, what's going on? Like, you know, he'd know the dog's name. He'd know the family history. He would have maybe treated uh, previous generations, or his father or or mother helped previous generations. And so they knew that if there was medical history, you know, what's the diet like? And, of course, back then, like, I read a stat, I think it was, uh, 50 years ago, roughly, or maybe 70 years ago, that uh, almost half of the country, like 40%, 47% of the country uh, grew its own food, ate food that it grew. And today it's like 0.1% grow food that they eat. So that's a huge part of the problem is our food in the U.S. is the most toxic with the most chemicals that 80-some-odd you know, other countries won't allow... The, their governments won't allow their citizens to eat the food that we eat. It's against the law. But our FDA has allowed these toxic chemicals with massive side effects and inflammation, addictive sugars and salts and refined sugars and processed foods to clog up our bodies and brains and minds and bodies and, you know... Organs and livers and kidneys, and overworking them, and circulation. So that's why we see such a huge spike in heart attacks, in cancer, in diabetes, and all these other autoimmune diseases, is because we're being fed toxic poison. And some of these companies, they actually are, there's like only eight, seven, or eight com- uh, companies that run all the food, like big food. And then there are also companies like Bayer that also are treating the people who are sick on the other end. So they're getting sick with the food on the front end, the processed food, and then they're treating them with pharmaceutical drugs on the back end. So they're getting paid both ways. And so they're getting paid selling them the, the poison that gets them sick, and then they're selling them more poison that, that, that keeps them around as long as possible um, you know, with side effects and can kill them. As has happened with drugs like Vioxx, um, they're getting money on both sides of it. And we're just the medium. We're just the wallet, right? We're just the one who, who paid for the food up front to get ourselves sick. And then we pay for the drugs on the back end to get ourselves sick. And we go to the doctor to have them, you know, we go to them with our problem. And they do what the best they can, which is to prescribe drugs. You know, the average person that walks into a, you know, one of our stores is on four pharmaceutical drugs. And after taking this, you know, miracle plant uh, consistently for 30 days, um, the average person has less than one uh, pharmaceutical drug that they currently take. So again, the ultimate goal is to get people to think about plant-based medicine, cannabis, um, as not the alternative drug, Pharmaceutical, we've been using this medicinally for 8,000 years, dating back to the Orient um, and medical journals. We've been using pharmaceutical drugs, science, chemicals, playing God, gerbils, guinea pigs, for about 150 years. I, can, I think we all can pretty much say they failed. Now again, I know there's a lot of great doctors and there's a lot of people in the medical field that are there for the right reasons, but they're not being educated about this. They're not having, you know, they don't, their food and nutrition uh, understanding is not being, uh, they're not being trained on that. They're not being trained on plant-based medicine. You know what I mean? They're just being trained on the body chemistry of, you know, hearts and and lungs and, and all those kinds of things like organic chemistry. And then uh, they're being trained on uh, by pharmaceutical reps, which drug works best with based on which FDA-approved research and studies, and then they start writing off-label. Uh, that's what the movie Pain Hustlers on Netflix was about. Was like they made this, you know, uh, fentanyl drug that was a sublingual oil, believe it or not. <laughs> Sound familiar? Um, which would get into their bloodstream in five minutes, just like we talk about. Hold it for five minutes, but they were they were basically. Uh, which was the fastest way to get it in the bloodstream other than using a needle, which was in the movie and which is true. Uh, But they were basically um, getting these people to take uh, these extremely addictive, powerful painkillers like fentanyl, which controls the part of your brain that regulates your respiratory system, which is your breathing, which is how we lost Tom Petty, right? So he, he gets off of a three-day show at uh, Hollywood Bowl and, one of the biggest regrets of my life is that I was here and I knew he was there and I always wanted to see Tom Petty. I never got to see him. And I just didn't want to go deal with L.A. traffic. And so I was like, oh, I'll catch him when he comes to Santa Barbara Bowl. Or maybe if he comes even closer, sometimes we get lucky. I'm in Ventura, about an hour north of L.A. And so he, he comes after. It was a long uh, tour, you know, probably 30 or 40 cities. And he had done three events, three concerts back to back to back at the Hollywood Bowl. And, and you see his last show, if you look it up on YouTube, like he's hobbling around the stage because he had like broken his hip. His hip was really jacked up. So he goes back to his home in Malibu in LA and he's like tired and he goes home and he can't sleep because he's got pain. And so he had a prescribed fentanyl patch from his doctor to help with the pain of the, you know, injured hip. So he puts a patch on, tries to sleep, can't sleep, can't get to sleep. And then he just, he grabs another patch to puts another patch on to help with the pain. And what happens? Well, that amount, that dose of fentanyl got into his system through transdermal patch and got into his brain and stopped the, um, the respiratory system from working. So he, he stopped breathing because he took too much fentanyl, which he got from his doctor you know, a transdermal patch. And that's, those are the facts, right? Now, had Tom known about this miracle plant, cannabossum, cannabosum, he might still be alive. In fact, I'd like to think he would be if he knew that you could take sublingual oils of cold-pressed, whole plant cannabis oil to help with pain, because that's what it does. It helps with the inflammation. And there's no... LD50, which means you take so much of it, there's a point where you take so much that you would die. There's an LD50 for water. There's an LD50, you know, for just about anything you can think of. But there isn't for this plant because we have endocannabinoid system in our body as a mammal that, especially as a human, that we can actually, if we were to take too much of this plant, if we, you know, took tons and tons and tons, uh, there's a way for it to expel uh, any, any, any issues through the endocannabinoid system. And so had Tom Petty reached for, you know, a topical to rub on his hip or a sublingual oil to hold under his tongue for five minutes to help with the pain so he could sleep, then he'd still be here or he would have lived through that night. And, uh, you know, he was only, I believe, like 67 years old. And healthy enough to go on tour, 30-city tour, three-day consecutive tour uh, or concert in Hollywood Bowl. So, again, what's my ultimate goal is to educate people so they understand that this plant can do no harm. You know, especially when it's taken in the raw form, just like eating it like a salad or juicing it like oranges or olives, And to have a lifted consciousness that people no longer can give their responsibility of their own health or the loved one's health to someone else. Do your own research, you know. Research what I've been telling you. Look up Dr. Raphael Meshulam. Look up Dr. Ethan Russo. Look up Dr. William Courtney. You know, these pioneers in cannabis research. Do your research. It's published. You know, they tried to, to... Keep this from you for the last 80 years in this country and, you know, roughly 2,000 years when they switched the word cannabosim from Hebrew to Greek. And so, again, what I'm hoping for is that people look for plant-based medicine. Your food is your medicine. You are what you eat. These are truths. And it's on you. If you're sick, it's your body telling you what you're doing is wrong. And you might not know it's wrong. Right? I was raised holistically. My mom, Janet who has been on in research and development. Uh, she leads for the Miracle Plant podcast and 101 Hemp. You know, I knew, you know, I, I knew these things. And you can have a free call with her if you want to talk with her. It's a free consultation. You just go to askjanet.org and set up a free call. And have a health consultation about... Food is your medicine, about plant-based medicines, you know, about what your situation is, what we've seen work before, you know, and she helped heal her husband from cancer, um, you know, many years ago. And, and when she found the power of this miracle plant, when we were looking to heal my son from a severe autism diagnosis, she said she'd never seen anything like it. You know, in fact, she was resistant to it in the beginning because even she was conditioned, you know, that cannabis was bad. But when she saw it with her own eyes and started to do more research and meet with the doctors and, and go on the speaking circuits and conferences, she knew that this, there's nothing like it. There's no other plant, nothing like it, to help our bodies find balance and homeostasis. So that's why I'm so excited to talk about it, to talk about the chosen that talks about the truth of the aromatic cane that was in Jesus' holy anointing oil, dates back like I said, 8,000 years that we've been using it as a medicine. Chris Bennett's book, uh, The Lost Sacrament, is a, it just came out on um, Amazon, uh, which I have a copy, which is great. So you can listen to his podcast that we did with him a few weeks ago. And, and And learn for yourself. Like, what do I want? I want you to take control of your own health. I want you to realize that you have the power, you know, in the mind, you know, We talk about secrets of success. Part of being success, health is your wealth, right? And if you believe, you know clearly that you see yourself in a healthy frame of mind, and you close your eyes and you and you picture it every day, every morning, every night that you're healthy and happy, and your body's working. Whatever it is that you're going through, your body's brain is like a pharmacopoeia of chemicals. It is right. And so if you tell your body that that's what you are, the clear vision that you're healthy and you're happy and you feel like you're seven years old, your body will release the chemicals, do the things that it needs to do to give you that. And that's what we, some of the things that we teach over at Secrets of Success, uh, you know, Russell and I and all these incredible teachers from the 1850s to the 1950s. You know, so that's part of it, for sure. Your mindset is so important. Um, but that's also, again, what are the building blocks? What are, you, what are you feeding your mind and what are you feeding your body? Everything you put in your mind is either positive or negative. Everything you put in your mouth is either helping you or hurting you. And look, I'm not saying don't ever have a slice of cheesecake or whatever dessert it is that you love. Or whatever it is of guilty pleasure, right? We just had Valentine's Day and there seems to be a lot of a lot of holidays around here revolved around candy in this in this country. But what I'm saying is, if you are sick or a loved one is sick, the first thing I recommend doing is just like what we did with my son, is to get a food allergy test. Um and and understand what your body naturally wants and and, and doesn't want. We use the company called Vitality Analysis out of Canada, and uh, it's, it's hair, hair samples. I believe it's around hundred dollars, and it will tell your tell you everything your body um, should be eating and shouldn't be eating. We're all different. Some some we should be eating proteins like meats and eggs, and some of us we shouldn't. And so. Once you start to understand the baseline of, okay, what should I be eating? What shouldn't I be eating? And here's something we all know we shouldn't be eating, right? We shouldn't be eating like Doritos, <laughs> Taco Bell, right? McDonald's, you know, Twinkies that could last longer than us, <laughs> right? But they put addictive sugars and salts in there to, to make us crave them, right? It, it's, it's all part of the game if they can get us addicted to the food on the front end and then get our get the medical community to write them prescriptions on the back end and whether insurance pays for it or medicaid pays for it or you pay for it out of pocket or whatever it is and they can get kickbacks and all the things that are in our current system then they win and that's why they keep building their you know their stocks and Having you know, more billionaires, and it was the biggest year ever, and I could go on and on about big pharma. You already know. I'm not telling you nothing you don't know, right? What's the first word that comes to mind when I say big pharma? It ain't a good one. <laughs> so again, what am I talking about? We're talking about the chosen, reaching a billion people. We're talking about the miracle plant, reaching a billion people by next year. We're talking about you taking control of your health by truly being a watchman, a guard at, at the brain and a guard at, at at the mouth. What you put into your brain, you know, whether it's the people you hang around with or the shows that you watch or the food that you eat and put into your mouth. The responsibility is yours. And if you're sick or a loved one's sick, you've got to make changes. If you want to get better, you've got to make changes. And it, it maybe start with something small, right? Did you eat a fresh piece of fruit or vegetable today? Start with something small. Did you drink at least a couple glasses of good, clean water, like distilled water, or reverse osmosis, or natural spring water, right? These are some of the basics. Like, but are you being taught that? You mean, are you hearing that anywhere else? You know, are our doctors in general telling us these things? No. But these are the facts. Our body is the most amazing system that's ever been created on this earth. And if you give it what it needs, it can continue to amaze us and do incredible things. If you give it poison, it will do its best, but eventually it will succumb. So my challenge to you is to keep feeding your mind and your mouth with things that are good for you. Like raw (laughs) cannabalsum good fresh fruits and organic veggies and hang around positive people that lift you up and listen to podcasts that lift you up, read books that lift you up um, and, and listen for the calling. Listen for those whispers of what is the thing that you're supposed to be doing on this earth and then do it. And if there's anything I can do to help you with any of that, reach out to me. You can shoot me an email, Benton. B-E-N-T-O-N at 101cbd.org. So at the end of every Miracle Plant podcast, we say heal the world because that's the mission. Million, A billion people with a B by 2025 about the power of this miracle plant, especially in the raw form. So on the count of three, let's say heal the world and get out there and do it. Heal ourselves and heal our loved ones. One, two, three... Heal the world! Thanks for swinging by the Miracle Plant Podcast. Be a blessing, everybody, and happy healing!
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who abused cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said,